Roxo Media House. fans welcome to post-game beers we are the lupton drinking club and we are here midsummer dog days of summer i'm um, here in the flying tea studio here at the roxo media house i'm your host kyle malloy at yellmk on twitter joined by my co-host today crazy ray cartwright and martin guerrero the sultan of stat uh, jacob had a work powerpoint to finish up so he's not with us today. <laughs> uh, fellas great to see y'all the summer it's been over a month how, Dude, how you guys doing? i feel like it's been forever since we've uh all reconvened man i've had a i've had a great summer the break was nice a little refreshing not too bad yeah a little hot yeah oh my goodness yeah. i got away to uh, new mexico for a little while was that away from the cooler heat. Yeah, yeah, man. It was like 69 Yeah, oh, this dude would send a screenshot of his yeah. weather app every day yeah. as I'm sitting <laughs> here. It's, yeah. it's like 108 in Fort Worth. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, I'm heading to uh, Wisconsin. I told you guys in a couple days, we'll be up there for 10 days to get out of the heat. The high is like, I want to say around 82, so I'm pretty excited about that just to just to have a few days away. But Not me. I love Fort Worth so much, I refuse to leave refuse during to leave, the summer. They don't let you leave. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, by the terms that were given to me. <laughs> Well, it's, there's, there's it's, checkpoints on 20. Yeah. It's been so long since we podcasted. There's just been a ton of news that has come out. Hey, um, boy, hasn't we've, there. We've got a lot of things to talk about tonight. We, uh, the MLB draft, we want to talk about kind of what effect that had on the Frogs roster. We've had a number of transfers. Uh, the transfer portal has been very active, both in and out. So we're going to get to that. Um, we may want to jump into some realignment news. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that. Not um, news, but we got thoughts. All right. Big rumors. Yeah. <laughs> big rumors. Hawaii to the Big 12, please. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be sweet. Yeah. And then uh, we'll answer, well, at least two of your Twitter questions. So thanks for <laughs> ch ch chiming in. But, uh, fellas, what do, you, what do you guys want to start with? Man, uh, you know, I was kind of thinking what we've been up to. Uh, you know, like for me, binge watched a lot of TV. I've finally gotten into... The show that everyone seems to be tweeting about, Stranger Things. Have either of y'all watched Stranger Things? Yes. Uh, half of the first season, and I think I stopped there. What, what season are they on right now? Uh, season four. Okay. And so I am uh, halfway through. No, I'm halfway through season three right now. And then season four is like the first, I don't know, five or six episodes. And then they stopped. And then they released the last two episodes of season four. And they're like. The first episode is an hour and a half, and then the second episode is like three hours. Man, that's like two, that's watching two movies. Yeah, <laughs> it's super long. Um, yeah, I mean, I, me and my wife started watching Stranger Things when it first came out, and then my, my nieces are really big fans because, you know, Eleven and Max and stuff, they love those. Uh, I like to just call her L. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> they love those Funko Pops. Yeah. So her, her birthday just passed, and she just got like eight Funko Pops off from Stranger What Things. is a Funko Pop? It's like a bobblehead. Oh, okay. All but right. It's a bobble, I guess. 
It's like a collector's. Sounds item. fun. It's like Hot Co. Wheels. Hot Wheels. <laughs> For like 20 bucks. <laughs> we haven't really been doing much. We've been hanging out at the house. Um, kids have been in camps. You know, every week there's something new. We're in the pool just about every day because the weather's so terrible. Um, so that's kind of been our saving grace this summer. And my apartment but, pool's been shut down the last uh, week and a half. Oh, that's brutal. I know. I've had to retreat to Dallas over to Jacob's Pool a couple of times. When we moved back to Texas, um, I guess that was 2013, uh, we were just away for a couple of years. And we were looking at houses, really wanted to buy a house, and found almost the per- you know perfect for us, price and all that stuff at the time. And I had a pool, and we were really nervous because we had a son. You know, our, our son was only um, a couple years old at that point, another one on the way. And so we were really nervous about just having a pool and kind of what that would mean for growing up and swimming and all that stuff. Anyway, I will never live in a house in Texas again without a pool. I just, <laughs> it is, it, it, it changes your life, it, you know, when you have two months of the, just this garbage, you know, heat. So Especially in the West Texas desert. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any uh, cactus landscaping? <laughs> I don't, but I will soon, apparently. Yeah. I got a lot of cactus. <laughs> cacti. Cacti. We got some cacti coming to Fort Worth yeah. soon, so yeah, we'll get into that as well. But um, you guys want to talk about the draft? Let's do it. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll jump right on in. All right. We'll be back after this. Postgame Beers brought to you by the Finnish legend of 1952. It's Long Drink. Guys, we've been touting Long Drink all season. We're still drinking it in the summer because it is a delicious drink to have right by the pool. I've got the 8.5% strong citrus. It's my favorite. Check it out. Um, They're available at almost every liquor store that I've been to here in Fort Worth, so um, go go buy a pack. I promise you'll like it. Welcome back to Post Game Beers. Let's jump into the Major League Baseball draft. It was a 20-round, 616 selections over three days. We did hear a number of frogs' names that were chosen over that, over that three-day process. Uh, we'll start with the first frog off the board in the seventh round. The 201st pick, Riley Cornelio, was drafted to the Washington Nationals. Uh, pitcher, starting pitcher that we – came uh, we're fond of all year uh, watching him and, and watching him dominate. Um, also in the seventh round, shortly after that, at the 219th pick, was our transfer from Arkansas, Caleb Bolden, our right-handed reliever. He went to the Boston Red Sox. Um, he spent his last year here in Fort Worth and, and made an impact this year. Um, next up, in the 11th round, 336th pick, uh, Marcelo Perez to the Seattle Mariners. One round later in the 12th, we had Austin Krobe was drafted to the San Diego Padres with the 360th pick. And our last frog um, announced during the draft was our man, Tommy Sacco, in the 14th round. He went to the Houston Astros. So first off, <clears throat> Riley, Caleb, Marcelo, Austin, Tommy, just of those names, guys, where do you want to start and kind of interesting things that, that you know, from the draft? Well, first off, congratulations to all those guys. Yeah, huge congratulations. That's huge. Um, I, don't, I don't think there was any real surprises. Um, as far as the guys who got drafted? I was a little surprised. Uh, Caleb. I was excited for Caleb and how high he went. And um, It's kind of weird with these drafts, uh, or at least with the draft since COVID or whatever. It used This used to be a three-day, 36-round extravaganza. I like that they've cut it back to 20 rounds. You know, I I know a little bit more about the NFL draft just because it's a it's a simpler process, in my opinion, right? You you have every team basically gets one pick per round times seven rounds or whatever. When you're talking 600 picks, you know, 
that's really hard for kind of the average fan to follow. So what are you guys looking for when you're kind of listening to, I know you're Rangers fans, so kind of listening to what they're getting, but what does it mean to be the 201st pick or the 306, you know, 36th pick? What does that mean for these guys? I mean, uh, it's all dependent. Uh, the MLB draft is weird where they get a certain pool of money. Is that the first 10 rounds? Or does it apply through all yeah, 20? Yeah, the first 10 rounds are like a hard cap. And then the next 10 rounds, there's a uh, like a, a slot allotment that they can go over a certain amount. But it's uh, those first 10 rounds, they have specific slot allotments that only uh, those first 10 picks, like it only counts towards those first 10 rounds. So they the, the money that is given to an individual player could be different but each team only has a certain amount to give out right. to those 10 yeah. picks. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, well, like uh, as you saw with the Rangers, they drafted Kumar Rocker. Mm -hmm. They didn't give them all the money that was allotted to them for that first pick, mm -hmm. but they used it in the fourth round. Whenever they drafted Brock Porter, uh, a pretty huge Clemson commit. He was probably projected as the best uh, high school pitcher to come out of this draft and for them to get him in the fourth round. Now, I know one of the things that – I, I have paid attention to in the past is that TCU might have a couple commits that end up getting drafted, so they never make it to campus. You know, and obviously there's some outliers there, Nick Lodolo and, and a couple other folks in the past that decided to go to TCU, decided to get their education and pitch. Um, but, you know, things have changed recently a little bit with the NIL stuff. So now these guys, they're, they're not all making, obviously, millions of dollars at, at TCU, but they can come to campus and they can earn money uh, with the Flying T Club and kind of you know signing autographs and things like that, what did the what did Major League Baseball do? Because obviously that's kind of a threat to the MLB um, if more guys are going to decide to go to campus to actually make a little bit of money. Well, one thing they did, uh, and it hasn't applied to TCU thankfully uh, so far, is they removed the what was it a twenty five thousand dollar twenty thousand dollar cap that you could sign an undrafted free agent for. Mm -hmm. I think that's one way they've kind of combated it. Uh, most of the time, I mean, if you're a high school kid, uh, it's those first 10 rounds you should be worried. Like if you're a Frog fan and, you know, you've got a really good loaded class coming in, you really want to watch those first 10 rounds because we saw it last year with Creed Williams, a uh, catcher that was committed to us out of Alito. He was drafted in the eighth round, and then the way Baltimore handled their allotment was is they went over slot to sign Creed in the eighth. Yeah, because in those, in those first 10 rounds, teams are not likely to take risks. Mm -hmm. So when they draft a guy in those first 10 rounds, you know, they pretty much have a deal already set up. So the, the guys out of high school have their set number, or any player has their set number on what it would take for them to sign with the MLB team, and, you know, they make it known. And so if a team doesn't feel that they can reach that number, that's why they fall. Gotcha. And that's, I mean, we talked to Barzilli about that too. He was actually having conversations with right. individual teams saying, I'll come if you can hit this mark, but right. if not, I'm going to go back to campus. Yeah. You know? And you, we've kind of, uh, I mean, in talking with Marcelo over this last season, that was kind of his thing too last year. Um, you know, I'll, I'll go if you're willing to reach this uh, certain a certain number that we have in mind. or Do you remember you know, what he was drafted last year? He was drafted in the 20th round sure. okay. by the Angels. By the Angels who drafted all pitchers. Yeah, they had I a, think they were all right-handed pitchers too, weren't they? Um, I don't know I the sp specific breakdown. I guess you just throw all your hands and see if one, you know, one of them hits, right? But it's exciting. Um, also, another thing I like well, looking for is what organization is taking um, 
these players. Like, uh, let's take Marcelo to the Mariners. They've had a really good track record over the last couple of years of developing arms. They've had a pretty loaded uh, system. You know, they've got Emerson Hancock. Now, he was a high draft pick, but you got guys like Matt Brash. Uh, They took Brandon Williamson, uh, Mm -hmm. and they made him into a pretty legit pitching prospect. Uh, Then they flipped him to Cincinnati. But you want to look at the organization that's drafted these guys and then kind of how their track record of development. Like, I'm excited for Tommy Sacco to go to the Astros. They have a pretty unique way of developing talent, and they've great success developing hitters. And they got a hole at short. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, these guys are going to start in, you know, quite a bunch of uh, different cities, you know, until they make it up to the uh, the big leagues. A lot of long bus rides in their future. And that's that's one of the things that uh, NIO is competing with uh, the MLB draft. So yeah, they get these high uh, signing bonuses, but they they make less than minimum wage. Right. Yeah. So when when you have NIL, I mean, now the commissioner would say that they make more than minimum wage. What do you say? Yeah. <laughs> he says, yeah, he says they make a living wage. Okay. <laughs> you, you try living off of that. Yeah. You know? But I mean, uh, you're talking uh, you're talking like it's like thousands a month. It's not anything crazy, right? It's it's. I think it's like two thousand a month. Depending, if, that. if you're like in AAA. Yeah. So like when you're in the lower levels, it's maybe like 600, 600 bucks every two weeks. I think that's been one thing you've seen on social media come out has been uh, the living conditions that these minor league players have gone through. There'll be like six, seven of them split in a hotel room. Brutal. Well, um, again, congratulations to uh, to these guys. Anything else on any other notable things that you guys wanted to chat about with the draft? Um, and, and, and maybe and maybe the effect that it has on next year's team, right? So a lot of these guys, you said there was no surprises necessarily. Maybe Caleb a little bit higher than we were expecting, but everybody else, we were, we kind of expected these guys to get drafted. So nothing um, surprising in terms of next year's starters or anything like that. No, uh, for Frog fans, you know, we didn't see anything that was like, oh my gosh, that's gonna really hurt us next year. Uh, I mean, the casual fan might be a little worried that our whole weekend rotation. <laughs> drafted, but, uh, I think. I, you know, we got arms, so I, I wouldn't fret too much about that. But that was something we were kind of expecting. Right. Uh, coming to the, you really, I did, at least me personally, I didn't expect any of those guys to be uh, contributors for next year's team. I think the one big thing coming out was a couple of days, maybe a week before the draft, when Anthony Silva, who s- said that he was going to go to college and forgo the draft. Uh, he's a pretty highly touted recruit. I know Martin loves him. Been on him for two years. <laughs> <laughs> so that was great news for Frog fans. Middle infielder? Yes, shortstop. shortstop. There we go. I feel like we have a, a, a gap at shortstop next year. A little bit. <clears throat> All right. So speaking of next year's um, lineup, um, let's quickly talk about some of the transfers out. Maybe some guys that are – well, let, not transfers out, but guys that have entered their name in the transfer portal may be um, you know, looking for greener pastures uh, just because TCU didn't really quite work out the way that they had planned. So – Connor Oliver, left-handed pitcher. Uh, Garrison Berkeley, uh, he played a little bit this year in outfield. Reed Spenrath um, played some first base and, and DH for us this year, as well as Sam Thompson, who, you know, I, I didn't feel like we get a great uh, uh, picture of what Sam could do just because of some injury concerns this year. He didn't play too much. Um, as well as Porter Brown. Uh, so Porter, you know, 
obviously a fan favorite, uh, had a huge impact in the last two postseasons. Kind of, we called him Mr. May because he just started dominating later on in the season. So, from a you know fan's perspective, I was sad to see him leave. Um, I truly hope it's the best decision for him personally. I hope he finds a spot that he can play. You know, he's a starter uh, for every game, and and so I hope that's the, that's a good decision for him. But guys, that you want to chat about. Uh, I mean, two more names that I was kind of bummed to see go. Uh, Gray Thomas uh, is transferring out, and so is Hunter Toplansky, who's already uh, announced that he's going to be a Baylor Bear. That's right. Next and year. Toplansky's at Baylor, Sam Thompson's at Oral Roberts, yep. and uh, Connor Oliver, Miami, Ohio. Yep. So those guys already found landing spots. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean – Truly, I, you know, no hard feelings on our end. We hope it works out for those guys. You know, no, I mean, you can't really, you can't blame them. You know, these players, they're just looking out for what's best for their playing career. Right. And you know, if you kind of look at the writing on the wall, you know, there's not going to be a lot of play, playing time available right. for these guys, especially with some of these new, uh, not only commits coming in, but transfers we've got coming in too. Yeah, some some of the transfers that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing, right? That we have that there's an issue within the program or there's concern from the coaching staff. It it honestly just means that there might be somebody better that's behind them and waiting kind of in the wings to start next year. And you know, that's that's life in D1. You know, this kind of this the step below the big leagues, that's you know. That's life hey, in any job. If somebody's you better gotta, than you, they're going to take it from you. You've got to perform. Yeah. Um all right, so want to jump into some transfers in. Yeah, let's talk well, about it. Well, let's talk about the big one. Um, we have a new associate head coach, T.J. Bruce, the previous, Bruce. the previous head coach of Nevada. We had Kirk um, and T.J. obviously had a relationship. He got a head coach, a sitting head coach at the University of Nevada to come over and take um, our man Bill Moziello's role, who congratulations oh. to Bill as he headed up to Ohio yeah. State to become a How Buckeye. How we missed that? Have we not talked about that so yeah, far, man? Coach Mo leaving a pillar of the program the last decade plus. How long has he been here? Has it been over uh, yeah, it's 10 been years? Like 12 years. Yeah. Man, we're going to miss that guy. A um, lot of energy. Uh, he was out on third base. I mean, for yeah, every, every a game. A lot of energy. Best, best of luck to him in, in Big Ten baseball. Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Ohio State about to run the Big Ten. <laughs> I mean, nobody really cares about baseball up there. I know he does. He'll <laughs> <laughs> change that. Yeah. yeah. Columbus yeah. is a cool city, so congratulations to to uh, to Coach Mo. Uh, but, yeah, we got TJ Bruce coming in. He had been uh, with the Wolfpack the last seven seasons, a winning record over that time. Um, they even won the Mountain West uh, twice in 2018, 2021. So, I think this is a huge get um, as a replacement for Coach Mo, um, and really, I think for for I'm going to put words into you know Coach Bruce's mouth, but I'm guessing he just wanted a, a change of scenery uh, for his family, wanted to try something new, and maybe set himself up for a future a better Power Five job. Um, from the money that was kind of thrown around and what he was making at Nevada, it just wasn't much, and so sounds like he's probably going to be making as much, if not more, here in Fort Worth. <laughs> I'd be shocked if it wasn't more, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, so. Thoughts on thoughts on TJ? What I think is pretty great if you dive in and look at those Nevada teams, uh, they will lead they lead the country in hitting, or at least their top ten, top twenty, uh, in OPS, uh, big doubles team, and then they're also really sound defensively, and uh, that's kind of what a coach is kind of like a mini coach uh, Mo. In the sense that that was his M.O.'s. <laughs> I think he was also an assistant coach on the UCLA team that he, won the national championship. He was. He was uh, a part of that uh, team that had Bauer, Garrett Cole, yeah. that uh, beat TCU in 
what was it, 2010, and then went on to win a couple years later. And then he was also on uh, Long Beach, I think it was Long Beach State, when Troy Tulowitzki and oh, Evan yeah. Longoria were yeah. there too. Nice. So he's got a really good track record with developing big-time major league talent. He's got a pedigree for success. All right, excellent. Excited to have uh, Coach Bruce in. Um, you know, maybe we can maybe we can get on the pod sometime, ask him some questions. Yeah. Get him on the uh, long drink hot seat. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about some players that are transferring in. Uh, I'm going to list some names and kind of where they came from, and then we'll chat, uh, kind of talk about uh, what what that means for the for the team next year. So Hunter Hodges, a right-handed pitcher, spent the last couple years at UNC Williamton. We have Trey Richardson. This was kind of a big splash. He spent uh, two years at Baylor. He's got a couple of years of eligibility left. Um, I remember Trey because when TCU played him, and then both times, Trey just lit him up. Um, you want to hear a funny story about that? Go for it. So when we were down in Waco, uh, it was me, Martin, and Jacob. For that weekend series, um, it was on the Saturday. I remember when Trey came up to bat and he was wearing the number zero. And I was uh, chirping at him, yelling, uh, hey, Trey, you've got a 0% chance of getting on base. And he proceeded to go five for five that game against the Frogs, (laughs) getting on base every single time. (laughs) I'm glad he's on our team. (laughs) No hard feelings. (laughs) Yeah. So middle infielder, uh, some of his plays are are, are, highlight real stuff. So good to have Trey uh, in the fort. Next up, we have another in-conference transfer, Austin Davis. Uh, he was a star outfielder at West Virginia. Hit over 300, a uh, couple, you know, bunch of home runs and RBI. I mean, basically, this guy's fast. He's good. Um, I'm excited to have him as a as kind of an outfield replacement. Yeah, and he's. I mean, his probably his biggest. He's elite defensively. Yeah, he was on the SC top plays a couple times. Yeah. There you go. Again, another uh, bunch of names here. Sam Stoutenborough, grad transfer from Cal. He's got a year left. Brad Brett Hansen, excuse me, from Vanderbilt. Ryan Vanderhigh from Kansas. Cade Morris from Nevada. So obviously, Cade came over with uh, the news of T.J. Bruce moving over. Uh, fun fact: I mean, I didn't hear, I didn't know much about Cade beforehand, but then immediately seeing uh, upon his commitment, uh, he was committed, or he was a part of the group that went to North Carolina to train with Team USA. He was part of those tryouts. Excellent. Maybe T.J. Bruce came because Cade Morris was. <laughs> so thoughts on the transfers in sounds like uh, kirk's been on that transfer portal doing a lot of work been busy yeah he, it's been a busy summer for our guy kurt um i'm really excited i think if nothing else and uh i may have put this out on twitter from us uh earlier this week but i think this team is going to be elite defensively next year I mean, you've already got Braden Taylor, an elite third baseman. I mean, you can have either Owen Blackwood or David Bishop at first. You got Trey at second. You had the freshman, uh, Anthony Silva, who is a really, really good, I can't tell you enough, plus-plus uh, defender at short. And then you've got Austin Davis and Eli in the outfield. And then you still have uh, Luke Boyers, who is a really good defensive outfielder as well. I agree with you. On almost every point, I think we might take for granted just that, you know, losing Sacco and Rogers and that chemistry that they had, you know? Of course. I mean, but that's what fall ball's for. That's what uh, all those practices to develop that chemistry and get them to where they need to be. I think, you know, over 100 practices before the season starts, I think you can uh, get it to start clicking. Martin, what else you got on transfers in? 
Thoughts? Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about uh, Trey and um, Austin Davis. Those are a couple guys, you know, in the conference that uh, have gotten some hype as far as uh, Big 12, you know, all Big 12, you know, preseason mm -hmm. or um, all conference. And for those guys to now be on your team at, you know, a couple of holes that we had last year at second base and, and either left or right field, I don't know where Austin Davis is going to play. But, um, you know, and then that's that's two guys who you could – put in front of uh Braden yeah and, in the uh, lineup you know, he'll knock in a couple more guys it's cuz cuz to me Austin Davis is like a right-handed Eli cuz he's he's fast he gets on base so um it's exciting and then to have uh Kate Morris a team USA invite um you know to shore up the rotation yeah definitely should compete for one of those weekend spots yep. come next season so jumping ahead to Twitter questions because it applies right now, but we did ask for a couple, and we got one from Jay Bowers, um, at Jay underscore Bowers, and he's, he asked for the projected starting lineup with the recent additions and weekend rotation. So first off, we just mentioned that we lost our entire weekend rotation, right, with uh, Riley, Austin Krobe, and uh, Marcelo all, all getting drafted. Um, so let's start with pitching and kind of where we, what we expect on the mound. What do you have uh, Friday night? Cam Brown, obvious. Same. Saturday. Uh, Saturday, Luke Savage. Same. Sunday? Cade Morris. Same. Tuesday? <laughs> so you have, uh, Cade, so Cade you have Parker. Cade Morris starting <laughs> on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we do. Uh, similar to uh, – Did you guys talk about this Brett beforehand? We may have uh, had a few conversations yeah. about uh, yeah. projecting out. I and, really uh, – Garrett as the uh, closer. Yep. You're right. Yeah. So, what about, another, what about a name that you didn't list? So, we talk, you, you mentioned uh, Cam Brown. You said uh, Luke Savage. You said Cade Morris. What about a name that might pop up and kind of take one of those roles throughout the season if they really if they really perform well? Could be Caden Parker. Yeah, Caden Parker. I think, yeah, he's probably going to be one of your better arms, but I think they would like to have him Tuesday, you know, stretched out to be ready to go in case. As we saw last year, injuries happen. So to have somebody ready to go in that fourth spot, um, I think that would be extremely valuable. Another name, it could be, uh, we've heard, you know, kind of flirted with maybe a River Ridings. Maybe you stretch River out and make him a starter. There you go. All right. Excellent. What about uh, starting lineup? I'll let Martin take this because I really liked his, uh, his idea of what the uh, starting lineup should be. This is based on your in-depth conversations with the new head coach, TJ Bruce. TJ yeah. Bruce, yeah. is that right? Yeah, yeah. I'm I think he got both uh, <laughs> him and T. He calls Insider. him T. He calls him Tej. I just, uh, I just put in all the data into the computer, and it just popped these guys out. <laughs> um, see, I got leading off um, center field, Elijah Nunez. Surprise. And then, right, surprise, surprise. Oh, man, I want to hear the controversy. I want to hear your real – in-depth lineup. Like. Maybe next time. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe after fall ball. That's a Patreon episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, second, I got Austin Davis in left field. And then third, I had Braden. Of course. And then fourth was – what do I have fourth? Do you remember? He goes Curtis Byrne. <laughs> yeah, Curtis Byrne. Byrne, okay. Byrne fourth. And then fifth was um, – Bishop. Either Ed Bishop or Owen Blackledge at first base. And, uh, so is Owen in left field? Oh, first no, base, you said. Yeah. Uh, I think there's going to be a competition for first base and fall ball. Okay. Uh, Owen is just tearing it up in the summer league right now. 
Uh, yeah, I saw a video of his he smashed that home run over yeah. 400 feet. That's yeah. pretty awesome. You got a sweet swing. <laughs> Kansas pretty good. City quarterback son. That's yeah. right. <laughs> um, let's see. Who else did I have? Six. We still have Trey. We've got Luke. We've got. I think I had Trey sixth. And then. Uh, Seven Luke Boyers. Right field. Yep. Who's DHing? You had to own. You had, had a split between didn't win the first base job DHing. Yeah. So Bishop or Owen Blackledge. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. And then um, shortstop would be uh, Anthony Silva, Silva yeah. hitting ninth. He'll probably be your nine hole hitter next year. Probably. Just no pressure on the new kid. You know. Right. I mean, if he comes out and he's just tearing it up, obviously he's, he's going to move up. But he's probably going to be the only freshman in the lineup. Is he more known for his defense or is he just? Yes. Yeah, I think all the scouts said uh, the glove is already there. It's elite, you know. It's just gonna take a little, you know, a little bit of time for the bat to catch back up. I think it's gonna help just to have some familiar names in the lineup compared to this last year. You know, it's not we're not turning over more than half. It's just a, it's just a few guys plug and play. I think it's actually, uh, that's also gonna help fan involvement and kind of engagement right. because they're gonna recognize some of these names. Obviously, Braden yeah. Taylor. Braden, this is good. this is his last year. Braden, Elijah, and Luke Boyers. You know, those guys have been staples for the last three years. Right. Well, this will be the third year. Yeah. And you know, Bishop had his big coming out party. Curtis Byrne was Curtis Byrne was really good last year. Yeah. <laughs> he had two ninety one. You know, I, Curtis Byrne's kind of the old man on the team now. Is he? He's been here. He was here before was Luke and. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy that he wasn't even projected the starter last year and then really turned it on. Right. So. And then we got the the big freshman guy from California. What's his name? Caden? Oh, uh, Carson Bowen? Yeah, Carson Bowen. He'd probably be the backup. Yeah. Backup catcher? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. And then we got Bobby Goodlow, Bobby Goodtimes. Bobby Goodtimes uh, still he can here. He play anywhere on the infield. It was fun about Bobby is so he counts as a COVID exception. Okay. So he doesn't count as an official roster spot. How does that work? Um, I think with these COVID guys that lost their year of eligibility, they can still play and not count towards like your uh, your official roster yeah, spot. Thirty-five, yeah, thirty-five man limit. Nice. So that'll be uh, could be useful. It's awesome. All right, good stuff. Good analysis on uh, next year's team. Um, we're gonna take a quick break and uh, we will be back with some alignment news. Uh, we'll talk about some cactus and uh, some other things on there. All right. <laughs> Welcome back to Postgame Beers. Uh, let's talk realignment because why not? It's um, it's fun, it's interesting, and we have no idea what's going to happen. So I want to ask you guys not what you think is going to happen. I think there's a lot of speculation on this and this, and we've got sources telling us one thing or another. What do you want to happen? Isn't right? it funny all the sources are coming from that little state of Western Virginia? Haver, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. whatever his, yeah. his at symbol is, he's – He's got a lot of sources, that, that, or, he's, uh, or he's making a lot of stuff up. Christopher Lambert, <laughs> like a, a little war between the two. Uh, they don't have much to talk about <laughs> in Western Virginia. <laughs> so let's pretend that the teams in the Big 12, all right, Texas, Oklahoma leaving, we're getting four more. We're going to be at, at 12 um, in a couple years. What what is What is an ideal scenario for us? With you know realistic terms, right? We're not going to pick anybody off of the SEC. TCU's not going in to the Big Ten, but if we could have some teams, from or the Pac-12, are they? Well, yeah. <laughs> Do you know something, right? <laughs> if we could have a few teams from the Pac-12 to kind of round us out, maybe maybe an even number like a 14 or 16 team league. What does that look like to you, guys? Like, what would be ideal scenario? 
I'll let uh, Martin take this. I kind of think I like the number 18 better. I think 18. an 18. Yeah. Bigger than the SEC and Big Ten. Bigger. Well, I mean, well, you the know S- they're going to get big. Yeah, bigger. you know they're going to add more, yeah. so why not you jump the gun yeah. and get what who are, you one want? One of the rumors that's spreading around is uh, the ACC is talking about um, disbanding their disbanding, grand Yeah. And so I think part of that is because, like, Florida State and Clemson and Miami and these schools are, you know, looking to get into the SEC. And if they did that, I mean, I'd rather – pick off some ACC teams, you know, for West Virginia to have some of their rivalry games back, like Pitt and uh, Virginia <laughs> it, Tech. It would be fun. That'd be fun. Or Louisville. I'd love to go to Virginia Tech to watch yeah. a game. That looks like oh, a here, Inner Sandman. Yeah. Sounds yeah. so fun. In person. And, yeah. uh, how long have we been talking about Louisville to the Big 12? Like, they were talking about them before TCU. Yes, I in. mean, since before 2012. Yeah. So what do you guys think about Colorado and Utah? Um... It sounds like Utah doesn't want to leave the pack. Which I think is silly because yeah. they're just going to get left behind. But. but there's just a bunch of nerds that want to stick together. <laughs> um, I love color. I mean, I'd, I'd love the Buffs to be yeah. in the Big 12. I think that would be a great fit. It I mean, sounds like Colorado and, and Arizona are the, the two teams yeah. that want to come to the Big 12 the most. And then, I mean – that'd be that'd be awesome. I mean, if as long as we add anybody like yeah. from pack, uh I I, th- I think Oregon and Washington are pipe dreams. I don't think they're, you know, they're interested in Big 12 at all. So I guess you're thinking about the rest of, you know, the best of the rest and yeah. the the one that, the rumor that came out what was it yesterday was that Stanford and Cal are trying to play games and you know, maybe they'll join the Big 12, but I just I don't see that. I f- I feel like Stanford and Cal to a different extent, they they're just not fits for the for the culture of the Big 12. Right. So what I was seeing today was... We're not truck stops. Or we are truck stops, I should say. (laughs) Like, how is that even a bad thing? (laughs) Okay, we get stuff. Yeah, We have Bucky's. We're Bucky's. Well, that's not a truck (laughs) stop at all. (laughs) But, I mean, just imagine going on a road trip and there's no loves for, like, a thousand miles. (laughs) Like, I don't know, but... Uh, one of the rumors that I saw today was that like Notre Dame is trying to get Stanford into the Big 12 for NBC to bid on Big 12 um, yeah. games. And so apparently Phil Knight met with uh, – what's the Big 12 commissioner's name? Yormark. Brett. Yormark. Yeah. Brett Yormark. Yeah. Jay-Z and, guy. Uh, obviously, I, Phil Knight's a big Oregon guy, but he also is a big uh, Stanford guy. He went to both schools. Man, I'm so glad that Yormark is in charge of this. I, I've, I, don't, I really don't know a lot about him, but just the fact that he's a business guy, he seems to be wheeling and dealing already. I, if Bowlesby was in charge, I'd be nervous as heck. Yeah. Uh, old Brett has forward thinking right. in mind, and not complacency. And- and we don't have teams like Texas or Oklahoma holding us back anymore as far as, you know, making moves because, um, you know, a few years ago apparently there was a rumor that Florida State and Clemson wanted to come to the Big 12 and that they, like, put an end to it because they didn't want to split the money or something. Yeah, that is tre- – uh, that's a huge part of it is you don't have those two, especially Texas, yeah, I think trying to dictate the terms. There's one more thing everything. to hate Texas about. Right. <laughs> I think the, the eight teams that, you know, were – Pretty much left to die. Like everybody <laughs> yeah. was just clowning the Big Twelve as soon oh, as uh, man. Texas and OU went, and it's it's just funny seeing that. You know, the same guys who were clowning the Big Twelve because 
they were like, oh, you know, this conference is dead or whatever. Those same guys are on Twitter like, oh, man, we got to save the pack. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> Why? Why? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I feel bad for, you know, Oregon State and Washington State, but, you know, we we were the same teams that were left for dead, and, and we just – the the remaining Big 12 teams came together. Since, what, 2010, 2011, how many teams has the Big 12 lost? Two. Oh, 2010, 2011. Colorado, yeah. Texas A&M, Texas, Oklahoma, Nebraska. Nebraska. That's 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 a power conference right there. <laughs> yeah. So you know we've stuck together. We've we've and we've come out stronger for it. USC and UCLA leave the pack, and they're they're just running around like chickens with their heads cut off. <laughs> so, I, I I understand it for for USC. UCLA was just like they just needed money. They're just yeah. like I'm, I'm getting out of here. You know. Yeah, <laughs> and then it's funny because like the governor's getting involved. Um, He's not gonna be able to do anything. Uh, it's it's, it's big it, talk. It's you know? probably just gonna be like you still have to play cow every year. Unless yeah. he's uh, is Ann Richards. Is there a version of <laughs> so Ann Richards the in one office thing I there? Heard that they would have to do is maybe UCLA would have to like share uh, revenue right. sharing with like Cal or something yeah. like that to make up for it. But even then, it's kind of like I'm sure they would lose that lawsuit in a second. So been fun stuff. But um, so uh, you know, I hate the fact that. The future looks like two or three big conferences. I don't like that. Um, you know, as a college football fan, I love the regionality, the culture that each area brings. You know, the Big 12 right now I think is fine. Um, so, make so, so I'm sad, but I also understand the reality of the situation, that things are going to change. I really just hope that the SEC and the Big 10 don't completely take over. So then you really have two, like the Big Two, and everybody else is kind of a, a, a you know, a group of – whatever whatever's left team yeah. who has no chance at the playoff unless you're undefeated have a huge strength of schedule and i really don't want that to happen i think that's going to disengage a lot of fans of those schools like tcu you know i think so. what's been kind of uh kind of cool to an extent now they've taken our best teams is the way the sec treats the big 12 is they've got a pretty good working relationship now they're like We'll come and we'll take your Missouri, your A&M, your Texas and Oklahoma. But we don't want you to completely die off. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we got a good – they do the SEC uh, Big 12 uh, challenge in uh, basketball. basketball. It would be really cool if they started signed, doing something like that. We deal with the Sugar Bowl. We play this Big 12 SEC. Yeah. I mean – and then with, with Oklahoma and Texas going to the SEC and, you know, the Big 10 trying to shut – um the sec out of out of conference games i mean the sec is going to need another power five conference to schedule games against i mean they could easily just turn to the acc that's right there too i don't know maybe acc scared that they're going to take some of their teams too. <laughs> but uh the point you made about the regionality i mean that kind of died for me in 1996 when the Southwest yeah. Conference died. Yeah. yeah, Martin, tell them you're, uh, Man, you know, a, that was a beautiful conference. They've been talking so, about wanting to rebrand the Big 12 oh, if they yeah, took all the Pac 12. Cool. Yeah. What uh, what do you want to call it? The Southwest Conference. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it just makes sense. You know, you have the South schools and then you have the Western schools and then you have Western Virginia. It just makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> the new swack. Yeah. <laughs> but. All right. Well. I feel like we're, TCU for once is actually in a position of relative strength, right? They're not in the SEC. They're not in the Big Ten. But I feel a lot better than I did a year ago, you know, when we found out Texas and Oklahoma were, were piecing out. So 
Um, I'll be really interested to see if, if Colorado and Arizona or maybe a couple more schools end up actually officially applying for membership. I imagine if they do, it's more of a formality. It's kind of like, hey, we've already had these discussions. We're, we're, we're sending the paperwork, but you're going to accept us. Um, and then how soon we you know bump to a, t- uh, a conference of 14 or 16 teams. Do you think yeah. we get Stanford? I don't see it. I, I think it's a power play on their end yeah. to, to try to make maneuvers. I, I I don't see them joining the Big Twelve at all. I you know, even if it was gonna make them more money long term, I still think they would make a decision to say, you know what, that's just not the conference that we should join. Stanford yeah. just seems like a West Coast Big Ten school. That's a thing now. It, that is. <laughs> well, speaking of speaking of West Coast Big Ten, have you heard about yeah, UCLA drug? and USC? Good point. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, if if we I, and I'm when I say we, I mean the Big uh, Twelve. I feel like if they were to go for the short term move right now, I think they'd probably take Stanford and Oregon. Like if Phil Knight, you know, was to. Bring those two teams into the fold. To the Big Ten? Big 12. Big 12. For a temporary move. Gotcha. Because the thing is, uh, Oregon doesn't want to sign into a long-term mm-hmm. grant of rights because that that has nails. That has teeth to it. Um, Texas and Oklahoma, they can't leave mm-hmm. until we say they, they can leave. So um, just having somebody like Oregon who's going to uh, put a hold on signing a long-term grant of rights, I feel like it's just a bad fit. For the conference as far as a uh, long-term solution i heard um you know one of the things that they might do to to you know get some of those teams to actually jump on board is to say uh, to give them an out to say you're in the big 12 unless the big 10 wants you yeah and here in the contract says you're allowed to leave okay. you know kind of like they but but with the idea you know from the big 12's perspective thinking well they're, they're never going to ask them to go right you know but it gives those schools an opportunity to go if that ever happens. So, I don't know. It's a lot of – be be interesting if we got Stanford and Oregon to come on and then Arizona and Colorado, and then by the time they do get an invite to the Big Ten, the ACC grant of rights is up, and we could take those. Things. And it's like, <laughs> what, like 2036? That's so far away. It is. It's a long time. Yeah. But who knows when they'll get an invite. Yeah. All right. I just think it'll be fun. And I think the cool thing is now that – Big 12 is being proactive yeah. that for the first time in their, uh, in their search where they're not being reactive, where we have to get a Cincinnati or a Houston or central Florida. I mean, I don't mind Cincinnati or BYU. I think those two were, I, I kind of wanted them like back in 2016, but then Texas and OU said no. Yeah, I was thinking. So I was thinking more Houston and oh, I don't, Central Florida. I don't like Central Florida. <laughs> like, Houston. can we? Uh, Central Florida. Can so we just uh, yeah. like tell them, nah, that's I. Right. <laughs> tell those two schools, and then yeah. take uh, the four it. corner schools. <laughs> yeah. We we made a decision uh, prematurely. We'd like to <laughs> yeah. we'd like to revisit this, please. You know, or we the, just vote to disband the Big Twelve and then just start it. Again <laughs> <laughs> Call it the Southwest Conference. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I've loved the memes that have come out of this. Like, uh, my favorite one I shared with uh, Martin was uh, there's a scene in Hangover where Bradley Cooper is uh, calling uh, Doug's wife, and there at the end he's like, he's got a Colorado buff superimposed over him. And he was like, "Hey, listen, Big Twelve, we fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can we come back?" <laughs> 
Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to follow, even though that you know, I feel like, like I said, we don't know what's going on. These source, sort, quote unquote, sources that we read on Twitter have no idea what's going on, but it sure is fun to follow the daily news on kind of things that are happening. So, especially here in the summer when there ain't nothing going yeah. on. When does uh, fall camp start for the frogs? Um, baseball wise, no, football. sorry, uh, football. Yeah, I kind of moving to football right now, but I think it's uh, the first week of August. Okay, so like we're coming August up on that. Second or something like that. So that'll be fun to have a, at least, uh, you know, maybe a slow bleed of information, especially with kind of a more open camp co- compared to every camp that Patterson ran. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, not... you know, Sonny is, you know, he let us come out to the spring pra- or the spring practices, and it was like you can. Do anything you want. Talk to the players. You can hang out. I mean, it was very wide open. So I would imagine it's going to be much more information heavy in terms of kind of what's happening with camp and who's playing and hurt and all that stuff. You mean you actually get to see player interviews? Shocking. I know. <laughs> it's going to be weird. <laughs> all right. So done with realignment. Um, is Texas Tech our new rival? I mean, you I've always been. Cons- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to come to Fort Worth and beat us first. They do talk a lot of trash for yeah. having a terrible record against the Frogs in basically every sport. <laughs> it's like football. They, you know, have, uh, what, what they, they won two of the last eight. We swept them in baseball. Um, didn't you say soccer? Soccer we, we beat, beat them, them last at home year. In basketball, yeah. Even though they are actually annually a better basketball team than the Frogs. We beat them in Fort Worth. So they, they sure do. You know, the, the Twitter fan base from, from Tech is loud and they're proud and they sure do talk a lot of trash. But what else do they got to yell at? Those cactus yeah. laying around out there? It's not like they got a bunch of saddle trophies that they've won. <laughs> you know, we just get to gawk at the West Texas Championship saddle trophy. They just like to talk on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun. I mean it's at nothing else has been good father. Yeah. To follow the last couple of weeks. It's interesting though, you know, I mean you have Donati Telling you know a tech fan, a random tech fan, no less. Yes, we're aware of the ticket sale issue. Um, it's going to happen for basketball too, right? So he he responds. Hell yeah, he my responds, king. He, he responds to a nobody, which is hilarious. Yeah. Just kind of came out of nowhere. And then you have obviously a recruiting coordinator, Brian Carrington, kind of responding with his thoughts on the NIL deal at Texas Tech and kind of bashing it for for, for you know to summarize it and say, you know, you're going to get twenty five thousand dollars a year. That sounds like a lot of money. Let's break it down. It's like 2000 a month. This is chump change when you talk about your branding for the rest of your life. And so I think some of the points he was trying to make were actually legit. He's, he's right. I, you know, it really provided almost like a battle cry. You know, the, I, I, you know, the Texas Tech fan base united around that and I think brought out more kind of feedback and kind of trash talking than I don't know if he was expecting or anybody was expecting, really. Martin had a... Really good observation of like what the desert actually meant. They were so obsessed about the desert comment. You see it with the cactus in their Twitter things, but I mean, he was saying it as far as a desert for opportunities. And they're like, ah, oh, man, you know, Lubbock's not a desert just because it's <laughs> literally not a desert. So he was using it as a as a as like I a, think a so. euphemism. Yeah, like that. yeah. yeah. Kind of feels like so. it. Yeah, like, it uh, why do you think all these people come to Fort Worth for right. jobs? They no jobs out there in Lubbock. <laughs> so yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. So what he was saying was was true. Yeah, right? I mean it's 100 percent true. They have opportunities while they're in school, but after that, most of these guys are not going to live in Lubbock for the rest of their lives. No, not at all. Close, maybe five f- percent. Yeah, if that. I mean, most so, of them move to Dallas or Houston. Dallas, Houston, Fort Worth. 
There's a ton of tech fans here in Fort Worth. I mean, they're yeah. all over the place. I, I feel like there's just as much. That's where all the oil headquarters are. I feel like there's just as many tech fans that I run into as Texas and Oklahoma and, you know, uh, I mean, Baylor a little bit, but, you know, they're all over the place. Yeah, I mean, which is why, I mean, DFW's always been uh, like a big melting pot of a city of different fan bases yeah, coming, moving OU, here for Texas jobs, A&M. which is really cool starting last December when Sonny Dykes was hired, uh, the complete rebranding of the TCU football program, saying this is DFW's Big 12 team. You know, uh, we've always been Fort Worth's team, you know, and Fort Worth has always kind of taken TCU uh, and as it's like battle cry, you know, mm-hmm. see all the banners all over the city, you know, Betsy Ross was, was oh, Price. Betsy, Not Betsy Ross. Ross. <laughs> that temptations. <laughs> Betsy Price. When, when, she was, <laughs> when she was a mayor, um, you know, really held uh, TC up. Now also helped that TC was winning like the Rose Bowl and uh, BCS games every year. Yeah, DFW's Big 12 team and the West Texas champs. Yeah. <laughs> Texas Fort champs. Worth, where the West begins. <laughs> Well, it's it was a it was an interesting week on Twitter, nonetheless. You know, just on social media. So, um, anyway, I I, I want to say that game's going to be interesting, but at the same time, I looked at Tech's schedule and they could be two and six rolling Dude, into four. I Worth. think they're going to be like one and seven. <laughs> it's a lot of people on you know for TCU were talking about the the game we scored eighty two on them. But I think what's more embarrassing for them is that we we rushed for like three hundred yards last year. Yeah, I think last <laughs> year's we game was more good. embarrassing. <laughs> We were not a good football team last year, and we just <laughs> wait a ran. second. Oh, wait, what? I know. Breaking news. <laughs> Especially our like our defense was this is the worst run defense like ever for a Gary Patterson Damn, team. But it didn't matter against Tech. No. <laughs> <laughs> we just stopped off. They run for fifteen yards. Kevontae Miller just yeah. Uh, Kendra. Yeah, Kendra. Kendra. No, it's not. Kendra Miller. Kendra. Oh, Kendra. Who are you saying? Uh, oh, Kavon- I was Turpin. <laughs> a couple years off. Y'all said, right? y'all said uh, twenty. Y'all said eighty-two and all did, that. Did he sign with the Cowboys? He's getting a tryout oh. with the Cowboys. Is he really? Yeah, After yeah. his uh, big, uh, he was USFL. the MVP. USFL. Right? Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. he was more than just our punt returner. Was he a wide receiver too? Yeah, he's a wide receiver. Okay, interesting. All right. Um, we had one more Twitter question from our man Keith at Sarlus and Sons. He said. When are the Sarloose brothers going to be on the podcast? Keith, send us your availability. Yeah. <laughs> Check in with your uh, boy, Kirk, too. Yeah. 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 He's, well, a, he's a traveling man these days, yeah. getting all these uh, portal commits. When, when are you going to be in Fort Worth, Keith? Because we'd love to have you in or, studio. I mean, we get you in studio. We can yeah. do a virtual. We'll have him check out the studio. Yeah. It would be. Come visit. Uh, not right now. The weather's terrible. Maybe for a fall, <laughs> yeah. maybe for a fall football game and – We'd love to chat with you guys. Not necessarily about baseball, maybe a little bit of wine, but you know, we want to ask about your, you know, growing up and childhood and how much you guys beat up. Yeah, we got to have so. uh, Keith talk baseball and then have Kirk talk wine. I want to know when the last year that Keith was better at baseball than Kirk was, because <laughs> he's the older brother, right? Yeah. Yeah. I want to know when that happened. You just say like five. <laughs> <laughs> Final thoughts before we head out of here, guys? No, it's just good to get back in studio and uh, record with you, boys. See you again. All right. It's good to see you all. Martin, you good?
Uh, stay yeah. tuned. Um, this fall, we've got some exciting stuff coming your way. We're going to be, you know, covering the women's soccer team as they prepare their national title run. Mark it down first. They're winning a natty this year. And then uh, we're going to give you some coverage on the football team as well. We've got some exciting things coming in. Some more guests, some exciting guests coming we're, up. We're going to Colorado to make sure they're going, Big 12 uh, ready. Yep, we're going to Colorado. All right, we're going to close this uh, episode up, and uh, uh, we'll see you next time on Post Game Beers. All right. Roxo Media House.